ops, and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Welcome back. That was fun. It was. A good conversation. This is where I realized that I didn't, I opened, I didn't open up the news articles. So, um, yeah, we're going to pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> All right, so this is the part of the show where we give you our Patreon update, and we thank all you awesome folks who give us your hard-earned money to help us run this show. And that list this week includes uh, Zed Thor. I'm going to make sure to pronounce that right every time because he reached out to me to say that it's Zed and not Z. So Zed Thor, name pending 197, Jeremy, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Aranami, uh, Andrew, Tatro, Bruce, Robert, Matt, David, Solemn, Trooper-ish, Linux Sys666, MPB, Mark with a K, The Mentor, John the Nice Guy, Mark with a C, Julius, Andy, J, Charles, and 22532. So thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, some of you should, at this point, be receiving... Uh, fulfilled by Patreon merch for being patrons. So I'm going to probably reach out to those of you that I think should have received it. Make sure that you did, because this is the first time we're doing this whole fulfilled by Patreon thing. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Check your Patreon does, inboxes. Does this mean I'm getting merch? Uh, I don't know if you're in the right tier, man. <sighs> <laughs> I know I know. Mark thought he was getting merch, but he's in the way, wrong. Way to gatekeep. Yeah, right. So uh, it's it's funny, right? So Patreon, even if you're giving enough money, it doesn't automatically put you in the tier that matches the amount of money. You have to actually pick the tier. And Mark is giving yeah, enough that's, money, that's but design. he didn't pick the tier, right? So yep. So yeah, I'm probably just going to send Mark a shirt because you know he's co-hosted long enough, and he's given me money to run the show. So you know, like that's cool. You've already got a shirt, so heck with you. Yeah, I bought my own a long time ago. You did, right around the time that I that I released the shirts. They're like limited edition, man. There's not that many out there. <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint, folks. You can go buy a shirt you at know, Teespring. At, <laughs> at, at, at the time, at the, when we when I got them, did I get? I get. I got one for you, didn't I? I know I got two of them. You got one for Dustin. The, Remember Dustin? That was Dustin. The <laughs> prints were different. Like the, it was the same image, but the the print, like clearly, they were two different shirts. So, yeah, I've I've heard. Maybe I shouldn't talk about it after I said you can go buy a shirt, but uh, I've heard people report some not so great uh, quality out of Teespring. I keep meaning to switch to a different printer and just haven't yet. So the, maybe the, you shouldn't quality, buy a shirt yet. <laughs> no, the, the quality was fine. Like the, the it was. The quality was 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 great on both of them. It was yeah. just when you put them side by side, it was like they were slightly well, different. Was, this, this is the colors were slightly different, so it was like uh, okay. This was, I mean, direct to garment printing is, you know, whatever. And at the time, the whole concept was relatively new, right? I still have the like the first ever Iron Sysadmin T-shirt, and uh, I still wear it, and it's it's still in good shape. So I mean, they're you know definitely quality. If you open up a Redbubble shop. You could have Iron Sysadmin t-shirts, Iron Sysadmin panhandles, Iron Sysadmin thongs. I mean... What what the hell is a panhandle? The pan heights are limited. What's a panhandle? The the 
hot pad things. Oh, things you mean like, okay. The oven. okay, I never, I guess that makes sense. I always thought a panhandle was either Florida or, <laughs> uh, you know, the handle of a pan. <laughs> but I see what you mean. It's more like handling, like a panhandler. That's what I said, handler. Yeah, you okay. If only there was a recording to if go back If only there was a recording to go back and check. <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> all right. So, yes. Thank you to all of you patrons if you would like to buy merch. I mean, I, I keep saying, right? So for my Jeep stuff, I use a company called Printful, which then integrates with WordPress's uh, shop uh, WooCommerce, right? And I can literally sell stuff right on my website. Nobody buys it, but I could. So maybe I'll do that someday and set that up with ironsysmin.com so people can buy it direct you, from there. You keep that up, that plugin up to date, right? Of course I do. Okay. My Just God, checking. You, do you, you think I would run a WordPress anything that I didn't check at least weekly for updates? Weekly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Nightly. <laughs> I get, I get alerts. So, so I run, I run something called WordFence, um, which is like a, it's like a, no, they call it a WAF for WordPress. But yeah, I mean, it's very application specific. Yeah. Um, but their 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 security team is really good, and I get alerts and updates constantly. And the number, like, I'm glad I don't run a lot of plugins because some of this yeah. stuff is just, oh my god, so bad. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons I don't run it more than I do. I run it for that site because I needed a way to run a store, and it was already a WordPress site. And that site probably has the most plugins installed. Most of them are like one or two plugins, and that's it. Yeah, get get you some word fence. Word fence. There's a free version too. All right, I'll have to look for a word fence. All right. Anyway, so th there's your WordPress minute with uh, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the guy who hated WordPress for for years and years, and still not super thrilled with it. But you know, what, it honestly, I would run Drupal, but WordPress is just better from a from a like site administration standpoint. Is Drupal even around anymore? I assume it is. Yeah, Drupal's still around. And and um I was reading this recently because I, I, I had to get back into some Drupal stuff or something else. So <clears throat> Drupal Drupal has always been um migrating from one version of Drupal to another has always been oh, yeah. a project. Yep. A big project. Yep. Um whereas migrating from one version of WordPress to another has been like, yeah, okay. And what's the next thing to do? Click, click, click. Like, who cares? Okay, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so apparently in Drupal 9, I guess the way that I was reading it, upgrading from Drupal 8 to 9 is going to be a button click. Like and it, it shouldn't like it, be as big a deal. Like it has been on WordPress for the past, like, ever? <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe after 8, eight major versions of Drupal, they finally like came up with an API that's stable. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I always liked Drupal as a platform better. Maybe it's just because I generally root for the little guy and Drupal. I was seeing as the little guy. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it can be more powerful. Um, but you, you have to know what you're doing. I mean, most of what, most of what you need to do in Drupal is like you, you're, you're building. Yeah. You're building everything from scratch. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. I liked it better because it was more like a framework that didn't make many assumptions about what you were hosting, where WordPress is very much more on Rails. And I don't mean like Ruby. Yep. Oh, <laughs> thankfully. 
All right. So anyway, um, I don't know if I had much else in the way of announcements. Did you have any announcements? When's uh, when's the next? <laughs> uh, November. Ideal. Next B-Sides will be in November. November. Hopefully it will be in person. Yeah. Dear God, please let it be in person. I hope so. I want to get us back to in-person anything. God. If it's I just, not in person, then I hope we've been hit by an asteroid. I heard they were all gung-ho. Summit was going to be in person this year, and I, I, this isn't written in stone. I heard it secondhand. I heard that it's not going to be in person now. It's going to be. When is it? When is it supposed again. to be? Uh, April. April. Yeah, it's probably not going to be. It'll probably be virtual. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything was kind of going okay, and and you know, Delta was bad, but yeah. but it it wasn't. You know, the the infections were going down and things were sort of petering out. And then Omicron came out and went, hello. And the last the last statistic I saw said that 99 percent of infections in the U.S. of COVID now are Omicron. And we have some of the highest infection rates we've ever had of, of COVID. So, like, you know, I OK, <laughs> it's like I, I, I don't want to go down the COVID rabbit hole like we do so many times. But I know you're a little more plugged into it because of that podcast you listen to. Um I'm having trouble worrying as much about Omicron. There's a lot of infections, but the death rate's not there. Right. Like with the, with right. the first round of, of, of COVID, it was like, yes, it's, it's very transmissible. It's also very deadly. And that's the thing yes. that worried me. People die. That's a bad thing. That's a very bad thing. People getting sick that don't die is inconvenient. But it's not as bad of a thing. Like, why is it still such a big deal if people aren't dying from it like they were? It's because it's spreading so fast and to everybody. So yeah. you, you you, and I are probably, you know, like if I got COVID tomorrow, I'm sure I'd be fine. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. Not, I don't have any major problems. But I'm, not, but I'm not trying to I tell have, people that, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, like that they shouldn't worry about Omicron. I'm just saying that personally, I'm having trouble getting right. as worried about it as I have been for Delta and for I guess Alpha is was that the first strain? <laughs> yes, because they went they went by the uh, the Greek alphabet. So yeah, yeah. Um, they, they. I'm not concerned about Omicron. From I, I I don't want it. Well, yeah, me too. I, I don't I want to get it either. getting it. I'm more. I'm actually. I'm actually more concerned with the what what long COVID could look like and could be um, than anything else about getting it for myself. But my, my concern isn't necessarily about me overall. I'm concerned with passing it on to somebody else. Like I have family members yes. who are compromised. And, yeah, you know, that's, that's still that my would concern. Be, could right? potentially the, be deadly. You know, we're, we're, we're still living with my mother-in-law who's fighting cancer. She's on chemo. Chemo, as many people know that have ever had to deal with cancer, which is probably like everybody in the freaking world at this point knows someone that has probably had to deal with cancer. Um, her immune system is down. So we do worry about that. That's, that's really my biggest concern with Omicron that, that, and she's also still unvaccinated, which frustrates me, but it is what it is. Um, but anyway, the, um, that's really our biggest fear, right? Like I'm not even worried about the kids getting it at this point, except for transmitting it to her. Right. So, uh, I don't know. This has been your COVID five minutes with Nate. <laughs> Yeah, I, I you figure out what your threat matrix looks like, identify what your acceptable risk is, and make an appropriate decision. Right, right. 
Yeah, I don't want I don't I, like I don't want Iron Sysman to make you guys think you should or should not worry about Omicron. I'm just more or less like right. But personally, and, and, and this what, is how I've been feeling lately. <laughs> what I think is absolutely key to this whole thing is make your risk analysis and make a decision based on that. But right, respect and honor the decisions that other people have made. Yes. If they don't want you around because, that's a big the, deal. you know, whatever, stay the hell away. That's like, That's been a problem this whole freaking pandemic, almost since day one. That it's, it's, this is my choice. My choice is that the, I don't know, pick a thing. You, you know what I'm talking about, but the, 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 the people that are, I think it's stupid. Therefore you should think it's stupid. And because I think it's stupid, I'm going to put you at risk. And that is so freaking frustrating. Frustrating. Yep, exactly. I'm, I'm, I don't want to get angry. So. All right. So we're going to move on. <laughs> Ah, uh, you got anything fun going on in your life, Jason? Any cool conferences you're going to? Any awesome places you're going? No, we're not I'm because we're all trapped around, at so. home. <laughs> uh, what have I done lately? We had a water event. A water event? A water event. D- does that mean you flooded your basement? No, no. We um, my wife discovered. I don't even remember how she she went under the sink to grab something, and was like, "Why is everything wet?" Oh no. And I was like, uh, okay. So I came over and looked and I'm in there and I'm, I'm like, where the hell is the water coming from? Cause everything looked fine. I didn't see leaks coming from anywhere. And I start reaching around and I grab the, um, the trap on the sink and crush it. <laughs> Just lightly grab that'll, the trap and yeah, my, my hand went right through it. And yeah. I went, and then of course water starts shooting out everywhere. And I'm like, uh, I found the problem. <laughs> So the water here is very acidic. Yeah. Um, and yeah. of course, the house that I moved into was owned by a plumber. So. So nothing's done the, right. W- correct. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was done with I spare parts he had in the back of his truck. <laughs> I have never seen. I have never seen water rot through pipe. Yeah. So fast ever. I, I, like through copper, too. Like I've never seen yeah. water rot through it like that. Um, I swear he used the thinnest stuff he could possibly find. So I had to get a new trap. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So I went and got the parts and, you know, we had had a previous water event when we first moved in. So the, the shelf or the, the bottom of the, the cabinet had been missing. Mm-hmm. So while I was out getting the other parts. I'm like, well, I'll rebuild the cabinet and I got the parts for that. And then while I was rebuilding that, I'm trying to hook everything up and get the water hooked up and everything else. And I noticed that there, there's a, a very small leak in the, uh, the feed pipes going up to the, the faucet. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, that's not a big deal. I'll just, I'll just tighten it back down and I will go to tighten it. And like, I can see that it's, it's just, it's starting to like twist uh-huh. the wrong way. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah. Time to replace the faucet. So now the faucet's been replaced. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a new faucet, yeah. a new drainage system, and and a whole new shelf. Yeah. Um, but it's all done now. So that was that was my fun. Yeah. There's a there's a joke amongst car people that you don't buy cars from car people, especially mechanics, because mechanics will like their car will run. It might look and sound great, but all the like they know what they can get away with and still be safe or oh, they yeah. they're willing to take their life in their hands right because they're a mechanic and they 
quote unquote know what they can handle, right? <laughs> I guess the same goes for houses owned by plumbers. <laughs> yeah, I I've heard this about different different um different folks, you know, like they say don't don't buy a don't buy a house, you know, owned by an electrician because you're just going to have problems with the electric. Um Yeah. You know, but like it's it's the whole it's the cobbler's kids thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. I mean, there was there was certainly a point where my home IT infrastructure was suffering because of my IT day job. I just didn't want to deal with it when oh, I yeah. came home. And I could imagine being a plumber or being a mechanic or being a contractor or an electrician. Like that's the same deal, right? You're you're gonna be you're gonna come home from work and you can be like, I do not want to look at a wire nut. <laughs> I don't want yep. to look at a fuse yep. box or a, or a, or a hey, breaker box, this, right? The yeah. guy built the house. He built the he built this house. Yeah. And and the plumbing, honestly, I have to say the plumbing is the only thing that I really have a problem with. Yeah. We've replaced a lot of the plumbing, <laughs> which is which is not fun in a it, house. That, I mean, you know, it, like, it could also be that it was just time, you know, man. Maybe that's why he got out of it. I don't I don't know what the story was with the previous owner, but yeah, we did. Yeah, it, it's maybe kind of a knew. sad story. Maybe but. he knew what was coming and uh, decided to get out. I don't know. So that that's been that. Other than that, um, playing on and off with the 3D printer and kind of just heads down working at the day job stuff. Yeah, day job, side job, conference, podcast. <laughs> uh, conf- conference has been quiet for two months because you know we needed a break. <laughs> yeah, right. Because the conference is over and you have at least yeah. a little breathing space yeah. after the conference. Yeah, over, right? yeah. Next next month we're going to start that back up again. Yeah, I bet. I bet my my dad and my sister organize a a foot race every year, and my my dad's like, I get a week off, <laughs> and I gotta start planning for the next year, because they 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 the part of the race is on state owned roads, which means he needs to get permits, he needs to get permissions, he needs to get organization from the cops, he needs to get signage, like all that stuff. And government never moves fast, and part of that is government, right? So, yeah, he's basically like getting stuff lined up for that 11 months in advance <laughs> so i I'd, I'd imagine you don't have quite that much to deal with but uh yeah yeah it's got to be frustrating uh so from my front um i've been tinkering and y- you might be interested in this because i know you were talking about no man's sky in our our chat earlier today in the discord community but um i so mark and i have been playing a lot of no man's sky he got me into No Man's Sky. I got another friend that I've known since high school into No Man's Sky. So that sort of rejuvenated both Mark and I into No Man's Sky. And No Man's Sky is one of these games where, yes, there's like a very loose initial plot line, which is basically like getting you up to speed. And then after that, it's just this open world. And I shouldn't say world. It's, it's an open galaxy, like several galaxies. There's literally, you can tra- you can travel from solar system to solar system and there's planets in every solar system and you can do things on all those different planets and there's space stations there there's missions everywhere and it's just a really open game you can play it however you want and the thing i've been tinkering with is um obviously there's money in the game right there's several different types of money one of which is units which is like the basic like dollars type money right and you can do things to make said money Right. And one of those things is you can make like a essentially like a farm. Right. <laughs> I've been playing around with making a an activated indium harvesting farm 
and um, it's basically around elements and whatever in the game, right? So uh, I now have an indium farm. It, it was fun, right, to build this thing and to figure out how to do all this stuff. And it's 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 more than just like farming in most games is usually very grind related. Like you go to a dungeon and you kill the same things over and over and over again and you end up finding all the things that you were there to get and then you can sell them or whatever. And then you go back and do the same thing again. Well, farming in in No Man's Sky is more like you build a farm, like a traditional farm where you do a thing and that thing gives you crop. In this case, it's it's mining activated indium for me. And it's just like this crazy concept in a game, I think, where, where I just check in on this thing once a day, I collect my activated indium, I go sell it, I make a couple million units, and then I don't even have to play the game the rest of the day if I don't want to. I just It just makes me money. It's really, it's crazy. I, I think it's, a, it's an interesting concept in a game. Like, I've never had a game that I really played much that had a mechanic like that where it was literally just like, I'm making money from harvesting crops. I guess it just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I played a number of hours of No Man's Sky. Yeah. Um, I mean, I never got to the point where I was like harvesting crops. Um, and and you know, to, each, to each their own, that doesn't sound super exciting to me. Mo- most of my experience in No Man's Sky for the first couple of hours was, oh shit, I died. Wait, where the hell's the planet I was on? <laughs> okay, I'll start over. Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's not exciting or fun in that I can go mine activated indium because that's not exciting or fun. It's the planning that went into doing it that was fun, right? And I put, you know, an hour or two into finding a site and building the farm and getting power to the farm and getting enough storage built on the farm to put all of the activated indium into building a little base that I can go and like, so I can get to the farm quickly and easily Um, building a a landing pad so that I can then put my stuff into my ship at the, you know, like there was a bunch of planning that went into it and then building it, you know, a couple hours of work like that. And now all I do is visit the thing once or twice a day, collect my stuff and I can go make money on it. I I think it's an interesting, it's a neat concept. Um, I guess it sounds kind of like work, right? But (laughs) like, in all, I yeah, just, well, I just you think have, it's you, neat. Have, you have all those different areas to explore while you're while that stuff is running. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, so it, now what, it, what I can do is I can make money off of this and go do other things that are fun, right? And then just go back and collect my money every so often. It's kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, I know there's I know there's a story, I think or I think there's a story in there somewhere, like in the game itself. There's Kinda. you know there's all sorts of hints and everything else that are going on. So I I haven't gotten far enough to figure out if like what, what all that is about. Um, yeah. so I've, I've just kind of been poking around, but I, you, I know other people like Jason street is talking about playing this all the time. Like he plays it in VR and he's always going on about the hours and hours that he plays in this. Oh, game, it's, so. it is, it's a crazy experience in VR. So I hear it is, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to go too deep into like a, a story to talk about this, but basically there was, there was a thing I was trying to do in no man's sky there was a planet that was acting differently for me than it was for Mark and my friend, right? And I was trying to figure out why that was. And by differently, I mean, like, the planet was the same for all of us, but it 
like the weather on the planet was different. And by weather, I mean they had like these harsh storms so that when they came to play with me where my base was, I saw this very nice planet and they saw like these terrible storms, right? So um, I went through this whole long procedure to take, I made a, a, I basically had a second character and I needed to get that character to the planet so that I could see if that also happened for him, right? And I, I took a whole Saturday to get this done because it's not easy to just like pinpoint a planet in the, in the universe, except with this system that it, they call it, it's a portal system. It's literally identical to Stargate where you have an address, you put in the address of these glyphs, and then you can go through a portal and get to the planet, right? The problem was I had to get my character to the point where he knew all the glyphs and then found a portal Right, and this took me a whole day Saturday, right, because the, the character just wasn't ready for that. Um, but I, I did part of it in what people who use VR frequently refer to as flat mode, which is like the standard way to play a game, keyboard, mouse, right? And then I did the second half of it in VR, and just because I felt like it. And by the end of it, I felt like invested in this whole thing, right? And doing it in VR made me feel like I was accomplishing a thing, right? <laughs> because I spent my whole Saturday doing this. Um, but that's how good VR is in No Man's Sky. It's, you can really suspend your disbelief enough to feel like you are in space doing things as your character. Like, that's how good it is. If you don't have VR yet, you need to get it. <laughs> uh, there, are, there, there, there are several VR headsets in the house, none of which are mine. Yeah. Um, and, are, and I, are they all, are, are they all uh, Oculus? <laughs> <laughs> there, well, the Oculus ones I won't touch. Um, I wouldn't blame you. I, I have to have a Facebook account to use yeah. them. So yeah. you know, f that. Um, I the, uh, Corbin has a HTC Vive um, headset that he's had for a couple of years now, um, and I, I've I've used that once or twice, like oh, okay. briefly. The uh, Vive is really what nice. I, that's what I've got too. Yeah. Um, and and I think the two of us are are interested in the uh, the Valve Index. Um, yeah. So once I hit the lottery, I can get one of those. I've honestly so the nice thing about having set myself up for the Vive is that if I wanted to, I could literally just swap into the headset, which is only a couple hundred bucks instead of fifteen hundred to buy the whole kit, right? Because I've already right. got the trackers, I've got controllers already. In fact, I, I even have Valve Index controllers because I just like them better. Um, but yeah, I was considering the same thing. I want to upgrade to the Index. My my holdup with the Index, honestly, is that it requires a PC. You can't use it on your Mac? Is that what you're saying? Not as far as I know. Okay. I've never um, really looked into that. I haven't dug into it super deep, but my understanding is that it, it, it's it's built for PC, um, and that's fine. Like so, be it. You know, well, the, I, I I would I would prefer something that's not tethered anyway. But the would, only thing that I know of really that's not tethered that's supposed to be decent at all is the Oculus, and I, I won't touch it. I would think that the Vive is the same way. Does the Vive work on Mac? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay, I thought you were implying that it did. Um. No, apparently HTC Vive does support macOS. Okay. Because the the thing that makes the VR work is Steam VR. Right. So if Steam VR works on Mac, 
I guess unless there aren't like drivers for the Valve Index for Mac, which is like not the same old problem. Uh, maybe yeah, that's there's, it. there's not. Okay. Well. Yeah, apparently the HTC Vive is the only VR headset that supports Mac. Huh. I, and, and look, I, 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 this is obviously my own choice, but I would, I would prefer to have something that's that's not tethered anyway. No, and, I and agree with you. There. Right, having the 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 cable isn't as big of a problem as you think it is, but it is annoying. Right, especially for anything that's standing VR, right? So there's several ways to play VR. There's like seated VR and there's standing like room VR. Right. Room VR is where you may actually move around the room. And in that case, having the tether on the back of your head is kind of a pain in the ass. There are ways around it, though. There's a VR channel that I watch. What he does is he takes carabiners and those those little retractable um, cables. Or even, I guess you could use bungee cords and he strings them across his ceiling. And yeah. then to the back of the headset so that now that yep. wire is not really in the way. And as you walk around, it moves with you, that kind of thing. Right. So that's, that's a way to deal with that. But you're right. I would rather a, a self-contained unit like the Oculus, yeah, I, but I don't want the Oculus. I don't think, I don't, I mean, at this point, I don't think I'd spend as much time in it as, as I would like anyway. I, I, I you know, for as much as, as I like VR stuff, I would also like to be able to use the headset for like, and I have heard this is, that, that VR in general is horrible for this, but I'd love to be able to, you know, have, instead of having a monitor sitting on my desk, I'd mm -hmm. love to just have it up in, up in space in VR. But, you can do um, that. Yeah. The, I, I, the, yeah. I, the key to do that is you need a VR headset with a high enough resolution. Right. And the VR space is getting there, but it's not quite there. Like the, the, right. I have a coworker, not someone I know personally, but someone I have talked to through, uh, through a thread I started about metaverse stuff. Uh, she does this. She did, she works in VR. She has a, she, I think she actually has the valve index, uh, but she has, I forget the name of the, there's a, there's an application that is specifically designed to let you do this. And she has Linux terminals up and she has windows up and she has like, right. you know, whatever up in her VR view. And it's, it's just like you're picturing, right? It's like, Oh, here's the terminal I need. Grab it, pull it up, do your thing. Uh, I don't know if she uses a physical keyboard. I'd imagine that a virtual keyboard would really suck for this. But I guess if you can type without being able to see, like most of us can, uh, you could just use a physical keyboard. But yeah, she works yeah. that way. I don't know if she does it every day or not, but she showed screenshots and videos of her doing this. Yeah, I've I've seen it, but the the resolution is is never that's the key that great. Yeah, yeah. that's the key. You need you need high resolution. Yeah. yeah, and buying a headset just for that doesn't. You know, but given yeah. prices right now, it's just oh like, yeah, it's not a priority for me. So I just you know I, I don't blame you. And I've I've mentioned this before. The reason I have the headset I have is because Mark gave me his when he upgraded, right? So right. The, the valve or the the HTC that I have was Mark's. He upgraded to the Valve Index, and being that he didn't like need to recoup the money, he gave it to me, and I bought the stuff to go with it, right? Um, but that's like a gateway drug, right? So I have it; it's good enough that I don't feel like I need to go buy a better headset, but I'd really like one. You know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, the headsets that we have in the house are, you know, they're, they're, they're the kids, you know? Yeah. Um, Corbin, yeah. Corbin, Corbin has his, his vibe and, and my other son has, um, we got him the, the, the quest too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mostly so that he can play like uh fallout and, and uh, some graffiti game where he can spray graffiti all over the place. Ooh, that he, sounds like he's fun. an artist. 
It, oh, I guess if you're an artist, loves it. Sense. Like it's 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 really cool. I, I was in there. I messed around with it too. Like it's really really neat. Um, and he likes it because the it just feels you know it uh, it's not obviously going to feel as real as being out there and graffitiing uh, in in the real world. But you know he, it's he's like he's like the the way that the the, the spray handles and the way that Dude, the different nozzles it, work and everything. He's like it's really accurate. Some of it's close enough. You know, I haven't played that yeah. game specifically, but. Um, I've been playing Half-Life Alex. When I got the new computer, I was able to have a machine beefy enough to run Half-Life Alex. And uh, Half-Life Alex is basically a Valve Half-Life game that was designed yep. for VR. It's not like they ported it to VR. It was designed for VR. So the UI, the way that you store items, the way that you control your weapons, whatever, was all designed with VR in mind. And it is crazy immersive to the point where I was playing it one night and I'm like paranoid looking over my shoulder because like things are creeping up on me. It's it's a really good game. Yeah, I heard it's, it's amazing. It's really easy to be like, oh crap, I'm going to be killed by zombies in a second <laughs> or whatever, you know, mutants, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, all of the kids have come out of VR just you know, some of the games they play, they come out shaking. They're like, oh, <laughs> like I need a minute. Dude, I mean, if I, I was, it's to the point where I used, I was playing No Man's Sky in the evenings, like after work, after dinner, I'd play some No Man's Sky. I'd be up till 1130, right? And then I have to force myself to get my, to get out of VR and go to bed. And then I wouldn't be able to sleep because your brain is just like activated. You know what I mean? And it's not just, you know, how screens sort of activate your brain. They say that screen time at bedtime is bad for sleep. Um, it's it's that combined with, like, your brain is in this other headspace where you're yeah. not you. You're a spaceman out in the the universe flying your spaceship yeah. and taking down space pirates, it, right? So, some of it can be incredibly real. I mean, you know, I've, I've watched, um, you know, Corbin's brought friends over and – you know, some of the ones that are in there for the first time, he's like, be really careful because when you step off of something in VR, yeah, you're going to feel like you've stepped off on it in the real world and you're you going to fall. And they're like, you oh, do. no, it's VR. It and then no, boom, they're on the ground. It is <laughs> It is no no joke. I've I've bumped into walls. My, my office isn't that big, right? And it's even got, there's like safety grids that come up if you get too close to the wall. It's really easy to miss that. I actually, I, don't, I forget if you were on the show when I talked about it, but I lost a monitor because my daughter got too close to the desk and slammed around on top of the monitor. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> I, I, I'm talking, it's not even the safety grid stuff. I'm talking like completely open space. You're not near anything. Yeah. But in, in whatever game you're playing, you step yeah. off of a building and you start falling. And, and your, your character brain, is falling out of the sky. Your brain is like, I'm going to die. Goes, Oh crap. And you just crumple and then, you know, poof, people yep. are laying on the floor yep. and they're like, wait, why am I on the floor? <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, VR, um, it seems like every show we end up talking about VR, <laughs> even when Mark's not here, but it, it is, it is great. It's, it's a hell of an experience. Um, if you, uh, if you want to hear some of our opinions on the metaverse stuff, we did a show on it, I think two episodes ago. Uh, Jason, I don't think you were here for that, but if anybody that is listening to this wants to hear Mark and I go on about VR and the metaverse, go check out that show. I think it was episode 113. Uh, it was good stuff. Anyway, uh, we were chatting about stuff going on in, in my life. Um, let's see, 3D printing. I'm tinkering with 3D printing costume armor. Cosplay. 
Yeah, well, kind of. It's a Halloween costume, which is kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> but I'm trying to get started early, right? So right, do you know that there is a Voltron remake on, on uh, Netflix? Yes. Okay. Um, so the armor that they wear. The, the the paladins the paladins wear the pilots of the of the uh, the the lions wear. I had this idea yep. a couple years ago because my kids were really into that show, and I was I watched Voltron growing up. I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, the, this is a really good show, right? We were going to as a family go as the Voltron paladins, and um, I just didn't know how to make the armor. Well, I found a company that sells. Basically, the, the 3D prints. Uh, you have the plastic Voltron. I had the metal one, man. I, I wish I still okay. had it. Okay, Mr. Moneybags, okay, with your metal Voltron. Dude, I was like six when I had it, all right? I don't even know where it came from. I got it for Christmas or something. I had the metal Voltron. I so wish I still had it. It was awesome. This is this is this was my original Voltron that I had when I was I don't know how old I was when Voltron came out. And I, I wanted the metal one so bad. I so wish I had saved it. I so wish I had saved it because it was awesome. I, I mean, can't believe this thing. I, I can't believe it. I, I found this in some old stuff of mine a couple years ago, and I was I was like completely taken aback that the thing still existed. That's awesome. Yeah, I had the metal ones. I mean, my mom probably threw them away because I broke them all. Anyway. um... I'm 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 trying to print a helmet on the 3D printer that you and I both have the the Ender Five. Um, the print area is not quite big enough to print a helmet for an adult, maybe for a kid. Uh, and this is all to prepare for. Can I actually realistically print this armor? Because, like I said, or as I was saying when you distracted me with your Voltron. Um, the uh, I found a company that makes the STL files, and it's not that much money. It's like 60 bucks or something for the files to print out armor for these paladins, right? And I really want to do it, but the printer's not quite big enough. So I'm trying to figure out, like, can I cut up this helmet? Here, I have... I found a free one online. This isn't from that. This is actually Snake Eyes from the new G.I. Joe movies. So I have it, like, cut into pieces here, if you can see. Yeah. And the idea is, can I put this back together now that it's printed good enough that it is one solid enough to wear and that it is too, uh, like you don't see a crazy seam in it. Right. And, yeah. uh, and, and if I can do that, was it little enough work <laughs> that I don't drive myself crazy doing it? Right. I think, I think there are applications I don't know which ones do it, but I think there are applications that you can you can identify how large of a build plate you have. Yeah. Like, you know, what volume you have to work with that can split it up for you. And then it's just up to you to, to sort of glue the pieces together. Yeah. So the slicer I use, which is Prusa Slicer, which if you have a yes, Prusa which printer, is, which right, um, has it just has a cut feature in it. Where you can just say, yeah. like, I want it to cut right here. It's really simple. It just makes a plane and says, cut it on this plane. Uh, but it makes a flat, straight cut, which is then hard to line back up again later. So what I'm... I was looking into Fusion 360, which is like a whole rabbit hole, right? Yep. With Fusion 360, if you can figure out how to do it, you can make it so that it's like tabbed. Yeah. Right. So that it fits together as tabs. Right. And then you can glue it back together that way and then you get a much better product that way. But 
man, I spent probably half a day trying to learn Fusion 360 well enough to do it, and I couldn't. <laughs> I just like, I can't. YouTube. I'm YouTube watching YouTube you. videos. It's not working the same <laughs> way because Fusion 360 is a very deep tool. You can yes. use it for so many things. There's so many yep. different ways to use it. There's so many different ways you can output this stuff. There's so many different modes you can edit in. I must have been in the wrong mode or God knows what. And the, the video I'm watching is the UI doesn't quite line up with what I've got because mine's slightly newer and the UI changed. And it's, uh, I just, I gave up and I'm like, all right, does Prusa Slicer do it? It does. Let's try it. Uh, it's not quite. Well, we'll try it. <laughs> yeah. So hit, hit, hit up Twitter, Twitter, twi hit up Twitter and ask somebody out there. will show you how to do it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Or maybe somebody listening will send me a link. Make it easy for me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Otherwise, oh, I got another LED project going on. It's basically just, uh, I, I want to replace. Remember, <laughs> like a year ago, I was so happy we finally had smart lighting in the house. We were using these C by GE bulbs and LED strips and stuff. Well, all of them have been replaced now with uh, Tasmoda light bulbs. And the only thing left is the LED strip that we bought because I didn't have an easy direct replacement for it. Well, the thing I put into the, the hex lamp that's behind me, um, I've learned how to make those into just like generic LED strips. Uh, not learned, I should say. I have come up with all of the various pieces that I needed to make them into LED strips. And I'm finally going to replace the last C by GE device we have, which is an LED strip that's attached to the back of our TV to put like, you know, the backlighting on a TV with... A WLED device. And I've got the LED strip right here, which, uh, you know, they're RGB LEDs. I can make them do all kinds of crazy stuff. Really, the exact same crazy stuff that the, the hex lamp can do. Uh, so that's that's my, my next electronics project. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was this crazy thread I found on Reddit. <laughs> I, I was never really a Reddit guy. Um, I don't know why. It just never really appealed to me. Mainly because the first time I ever interacted with a thread on Reddit, I got flamed over something, some opinion I had. But it, it's you know, the front it's page of the internet. It's the front page of the internet. Well, uh, with Facebook being the trash fire that it is, and Twitter being the trash fire that it can sometimes be, um, I've started using Reddit more. I came across this thread uh, on the Ask Reddit subreddit. I think it was the Ask Reddit subreddit. Yeah, ask Reddit, which is like the place that anybody can ask anything they want to and it and people will answer it. And the title of this one is, what is something ancient? Ancient. <laughs> ancient is the word they used that only an internet veteran can remember. Now, keep in mind, the internet's only been around, what, 30 years? Since roughly, uh, roughly 93. Yeah. Uh, that's when it came into the home, really, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, ancient. <laughs> There's some gold in this thread. There's people talking about memes that you might remember. There's people talking about uh, just like internet phenomenon that you might remember. There's people talking about dial-up. There's people talking about... The construction workers. Old browsers. It's just, I anybody who's been around the internet for more yeah. than five years or something, go check out this thread. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, there's some there's some cool stuff in there. I I dumped probably a dozen things into one response. Um, things like 56k or 144, which is what I started connecting to the internet with. 
um, IRC Young, and FTP youngster. and stuff like that. Yeah, youngster, right? But uh, yeah, it's a fun ride if you want to go check it out and just kind of look through, see some of the stuff people remember. And there's there's some things in there like Strong Bad's email. Remember Strong Bad? Oh yeah, yeah. He's mentioned in there a few times. Homestar Runner, um, well, Winamp, Winamp is a number of times. ICQ people talk about ICQ a lot. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's a fun a fun thread if you want to go read through it. And I think that's all the chat. We have some news to talk about. The news that I that I haven't opened yet. I opened it all. I'm, I'm going to open them really quickly while while I try to pretend that I have something intelligent to say that isn't just me opening up all the links for the news. Hopefully nothing well, autoplays The first audio. one's easy. Microsoft bought Activision for $68 billion with a B. <laughs> Billion. Funny. Hold on, wait, I didn't, wait, wait, you can't talk about the news yet. Why? You know why you can't talk about the news yet? Oh, did you not push a button? The funniest comment I've heard about this, there's, um, there's a group of folks at Red Hat that talk about gaming right and, and not 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 just like oh i was playing call of duty last night but like a legitimate group of people they call it a quote-unquote community of practice uh that talk about gaming gaming technologies gaming like competitive gaming stuff like that and yep. in that in that group i saw a comment that said microsoft bought activision for for two red hats yeah <laughs> because red hat was sold for 34 billion <laughs> yep I thought that was funny. $68.7 billion. And, and, and I, I, like, this is, this is actually the first article that I'm seeing. I, I didn't dig into this so, super deep when I, I didn't really I either, but I figured, announced, but I figured the article I, I should include is the, is the announcement from Microsoft. And that's, that's the one I, that's on here. I honestly expected Microsoft to replace Activision CEO, and apparently they're not. And I think that's a mistake. Yeah. Well, I mean, you probably have more whole, opinions on this than I do. <laughs> the whole thing with Activision and Blizzard at this point is just the the culture of mm-hmm. just misogyny and yeah. you know the 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 absolute trash fire that the whole thing is and to not deal with it, it you know it's one thing to it, it would be one thing to not replace the CEO if 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 he wasn't involved in it at all but apparently like the the reports and everything that I saw like he's directly involved with this from the get-go, so, so you know, to not replace him seems like a huge mistake to me. So, I, as as you know, I like to play devil's advocate on some of these things, and this doesn't necessarily mean that I believe this, but... So, Activision themselves, this all came out almost a year ago, isn't it? It's not, it's not brand new news. It's come out several times over the... Like, several different things have come out over the last couple of years actually right and so, so, so it's accumulating so the he's still the ceo though he wasn't fired he didn't step down he didn't no he, he continued to be the ceo and just refused to step down okay so um the the devil's advocate piece of this is like is there a reason for that that we don't know about is it because he wasn't as involved as we have been led to believe is it because 
he's somehow reformed. Like, you know, we, we don't know. There's lots of stuff that we don't know. And I'm no, not I'm not advocating for the guy. I don't know the guy. I don't even know the details, really. You, you may know more of the details than I do. I'm just kind of saying, like, if if he has not been forced to step down until now, and Microsoft has now bought them, and Microsoft did not force him to step down, maybe there's a reason, is what I'm saying, right? Microsoft doesn't yeah, want that I bad mean, there, PR. There's, there's always a reason, right? Well, right, but I expected, my expectation is that Microsoft, because Microsoft has been, you know, for all the other reasons that I don't like Microsoft, they from a, from the perspective of culture and, yeah. you know, uh, Xbox specifically, um, you know, they, they seem to have they seem to have a decent, very inclusive culture yeah. across yeah. all of the Xbox division. Um, and and it just to see this acquisition, which which was which was a good acquisition, um, you know, but not replace certain people like, OK, um, you know, that, like that just strikes me as, as wrong. I mean, obviously, um, they they have reason to believe that they don't need to. You know, whether it's because, you know, information they have that we don't, because he's been doing some yeah, other no, thing I, that I, is that is great for the yeah. company, right? And it's just a business decision. You know, we, we don't know those things. Yep. So, yep. Not that I don't agree with you, right? I mean, again, I don't know all the yeah. details, but uh, but you're right. There's There's definitely got to be... Like, there's a line you can't cross. And if he's already crossed that line... Like he should be gone. I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, well, we'll see what happens. Activision, Activision, Blizzard, and even King um, have have had horrible track records, and every every year or two something comes out. So you know, I'm sure it will continue. Like if it continues moving forward, hopefully Microsoft does something about it. Yeah. Because you know they, if I was you know, I, as much as I love some of the games that, that have been published by these companies, you know, the opportunity to work at those companies and build those games, I would no, no way. I wouldn't go anywhere near that because they're, yeah. they're just because of that toxic culture. The culture is, yeah, the culture is completely toxic Yeah, for in, in a variety of different ways. But I mean, they, they said the same thing about Apple when jobs was at the helm and at least for a long time, I guess he got better. I don't know. Yeah, I mean not, that's that's, not, that's true. Yeah, not not from like a. They they basically just said he was like an asshole to work for. He was just a terrible guy. He would he would like scream at people. He would like yep. threaten people. Um, not not from the same not for the same reasons that we're talking about Activision right now. But uh, you know, yeah, and I I I know he shouldn't have gotten a pass on a lot of that stuff. Um, and I know he does get a pass on some of it. Yeah, but I, I think. I don't know. I'm not going to go down that road because it, it, yeah. it's the it's whole. So I guess I guess really the reason I included one, it's big news, right? It's big news in the gaming industry. Oh, it's huge news. And and two, I guess I'm I'm curious what this is going to mean for gaming in the future. I've I've seen folks talk about how we're seeing this shift toward like you know sort of like banking has like the quote unquote big banks. Now we're getting to this point where we have big game That's developers. Cool. That consolidation. are just, just kind of like squashing the whole industry. Yep. And, um, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious what this does for the gaming industry in general, right? Like, are we going to have little indie developers and like a couple really big guys and that's it? Yes. And, and is I that going to be a, a nutshell? Yes. And is that going to be a really bad thing or not? 
It depends. I, I don't. I, I haven't followed what's going on on the Sony side in a while because you know. Sorry, I just couldn't get into after the PS3. I just couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't deal with Sony anymore. Um, on the Xbox side, they they go to they seem to go to pretty extensive lengths. Um, like their ID at Xbox uh, brand is entirely indie developers. Yeah. That that's that's like their their bread and butter is like they're they're dedicated to bringing indie developers onto the platform, which which helps develop new talent and and that that's amazing. Um, I don't know if anything like that's happening on the PlayStation side. Um, so yes, there's a lot of consolidation. Um, at the same time, some you know it depends on depends on the game. Like yes, there's been some breakaway, amazing breakaway indie games that are just you know beyond what you would expect um but your big you know multi-million dollar you know franchises you know th- that's you can't do that as an indie developer those are those are big games yeah, that, that yeah. Are, you're talking major major talent for for that sort of thing so i think i think what's going to happen there is sort of what's happening a little bit with the movie industry which is where you've got you've got your big industry people who are doing like the big blockbuster everything and then you're seeing a lot of um a lot of indie movies and indie you know everything and and that's even expanded more with things like youtube and twitch and and all the the online platforms yeah yeah i wonder it's just more accessible now i wonder what this means for a company like sony that uh i can actually answer some of that oh yeah um so from what i've read um it has actually been stated that Microsoft has not made a determination on whether or not they're going to continue creating games out of those uh, different Activision companies mm-hmm. for Sony. So the the one thing that comes up is like they have they they're not sure that they're going to continue releasing Call of Duty on PlayStation. Right. The one thing that they did state is that they're they're planning on reducing the number of releases of call like Call of Duty's been coming out with a new game every year. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we need to we need to slow that down. <laughs> that's that's a little <laughs> insane. Um so they're they're talking about slowing down the the cadence of new new ver you know, new yeah. new games well, from thing, for things like right? Call of Duty. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I Not mean, just they that. Seem like, to be what doing... does it what does it do to the fan base? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've always but... got to buy a new game, and then the old. It's it's like it's like the Android phone problem, right? We've talked about this before, right? There's a new yeah. Android phone every year. Uh, the the manufacturers are so sparse that the phone from last year or two years ago stops getting updates like a year and a half in, and then you're kind of forced right. to buy a new one because you want the updates to say patch and security fixed and whatever, right? So what happens, like Call of Duty could be in a, a similar boat where fans are barely getting any use out of Call of Duty and then there's a new one. You know, like that doesn't seem like a good model. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't played Call of Duty in, in years. I don't like, think I've ever I, touched I Call of Duty. I don't think I've ever but played it. <laughs> the Halo series, the Halo series seems to be a good one. Like that's, that's a good model or I think that's a good model. Um, I know there was some there was there was some controversy with the latest the latest Halo when they showed it a couple of years ago and it was like it was garbage. Um, but obviously they listened to the fans and they listened to the feedback and went, yeah, it's garbage because the ge- I've been playing Halo Infinite and it, it is actually it's really, really good. 
like surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, and some of the new mechanics are amazing, and, and I'm you know I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah. And, and I'm not I'm not a huge first person shooter. Like I play them on occasion, but you know I'm more of a you know Fallout or or RPGs or you know that sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't um, I don't play first person shooters all that well on consoles just because. I, I have trouble aiming them. <laughs> just yeah, right uh, out, right? Like I have trouble I, aiming them. I'm pretty impressed with 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 Halo Infinite. Um, it, it's pretty cool. So we'll see what we'll see what they do with Activision. Um, you know, I, I personally I'm okay with fewer fewer overall games in a year. It, it just in general, as long as they're you know high quality games that that I can enjoy for a while. You know, I'm I'm okay with not having 90 games a year. As it is, I'll play a handful of games anyway, so... Yeah. To be honest, console gaming is mainly a thing that we keep around for the kids, an IPC game. Especially with the, the advent of VR, you know? I am the kid. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> like the Nintendo Switch, right? The kids get a ton of use out of that thing. I I don't touch it that often. I've, I've been tinkering with Animal Crossings, which sounds funny, right? But we talked about this on the last show, but uh, we got it for the kids for Christmas, and I think I've played it more than they have. <laughs> just because it's, yeah. it's fun to sit down and have like a very low-stress game when you, when you just need to unwind. I, I kind of use my Switch like, like a phone, um, like casual gaming style. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I can, play, I can play more involved games, too. Mm-hmm. Where I can just you know pause it and and walk away because the switch saves saves its state and I can just come back to it later. Yep. Yep. Usually. 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 <laughs> Occasionally, it says I need to update the OS on the switch, and you're like, no, no, don't do it yet. I got to save my game, and it's like, no, 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 nope. I'm going to update the OS. I'm committed. Like, Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's annoying. So yeah, Activision, Blizzard, and uh, what King? I guess they, they make Candy Crush, some mobile games. Sixty-eight dollars. That's a ton of money. It's a ton of money. Two, that's two, that's two. the type of money where buying a new house is a rounding error. Two red hats. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, let's see here. The next one I've got. This is less of a news article. I guess it's technically a news article. Uh, but it's more or less somebody like blasting annoyance into the internet. Um, and this is from Twitter? Facebook news.y combinator. I don't know. This is the only yeah. place I was able to find it. It's this, hacker news. Basically. Uh, I guess yeah, it's hacker, hacker news. news. It does say hacker. it is news. hacker news, but I couldn't find a hacker news link. Like if you click no, on what, this, it they, just takes you to news.y combinator is hackers news. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, then I guess it's the hacker news that are reporting this. Uh, let's see. The last Windows 11 update, which, by the way, you may have missed this, Jason, but I now have a Windows 11 machine. And um, I didn't have this problem on my Windows 11 machine. But how, apparently, Windows 11, the last update, as of like two weeks ago or a week ago, it reset a whole bunch of your browser uh, preferences so that it forced you to use Edge, which was kind of, you know, like not cool. The way I'm reading it, force is a. Oh yeah, it's not, not force. Right it changed it, it the, defaults. the default. It, it changed the, the default. Yeah. It, it it mainly like this is this is a trick that not only Microsoft but some ISPs pulled back in the day 
they would yeah. set your default browser, hoping you wouldn't notice in order to try to get you to use their browser. Now, the browser wars are over, <laughs> in my opinion, right? They're like people have made their choices. They're going to use what browser they're going to use. But this is like this is annoying, right? To to change the default browser from whatever the user is using back to Edge, um, and of course people are like, "Oh, Microsoft is pulling their crap again. They're trying to force us to use their crappy browser because they want us to use it." Blah 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 blah. blah. I don't know if that's really. This could easily be a mistake. Because like I said, uh, my Windows 11 machine updated just yesterday and did not have this happen. So whoever whoever wrote this is young. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I was around when Microsoft went through the, the antitrust case and the yeah. whole premise of yeah. default browser and default this and default that came out. And yeah. even since then, this is not the first time that Microsoft has done this. You're right. This, right. this happens every couple of years. It just does. This this blew up in a few places, and I thought it was worth mentioning. Just one, because, you know, we've been around this industry long enough to make commentary on it, and, you know, maybe we've got listeners that aren't. But, uh, yeah, I don't think this is as big a deal as some people are making out of it. And like I said, either they backpedaled, or I was lucky and it didn't happen to me. Or maybe it didn't happen to everybody. I don't know. But uh, It's probably a common, you know, if if your computer is running this with this combination of and this setting isn't set and blah, 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 and you have auto updates, you know, like there's probably some switch somewhere when it goes, oh, OK, I'll just do this. Another bot in the chat. Not anymore. Goodbye, bot. I guess I guess it's a sign of our uh, success, right, that we have bots in the chat on YouTube now. Maybe, except that they're all Russian bots and uh, stuff is going on with Ukraine. So I'm just going to go and say that it's just general uh, bodiness because of be. all that nonsense. Could be. I remember I was watching, I think it was a SpaceX launch. No, it was a NASA thing. It's a couple of years ago. I forget what it, was, what it even was now. But I was watching it. They were, they were live streaming it on YouTube. And there was this bot that kept showing up that was just spamming swastikas in the stupid chat. I'm like, really? <laughs> like yep. who on this planet thinks that the Nazis were a good thing that we need to spam the chat with swastika? The Nazis. Yeah, the Nazis. <laughs> the modern day Nazis, yes. Yeah, freaking crazy so. stuff. Anyway, we're going to move away from the Nazis and we're going to talk about Apple. Uh this is from the Verge and the the topic or not the topic, the title is uh, Apple might let you use Face ID with a mask in the next iOS update. This is <laughs> so. Gonna, so this is gonna this sound one funny. Excuse me. This, this, this is gonna sound funny. Me. Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say no, this. No. This is this is this, this is gonna sound funny, but this is one of the most annoying things with having to wear a mask in certain places. Is that my phone doesn't unlock when I look at it, and I I so, I've thought to myself several times. Why have both Google and Apple not solved this problem? Well, I guess they finally are. And um, well, you say uh, finally, I've been able to unlock my phone wearing a mask for aha. months and months aha. and months. And I know there's the, Read aha. the article <laughs> and the aha is that I have an Apple Watch. Yes. And that is what's doing it. So right. my Apple Watch, when it recognizes that it can't fully. It, it's funny because if I if I cover my face like and my eyes are showing and it can't fully detect who I am but my watch is on. Yeah. It'll unlock. 
if the, I cover the sensor so it can't see any of me, yeah, it won't unlock. The, so, the, so there was some of that being done already. The article suggests that if you have an Apple device and you have an iWatch or an Apple Watch and it it detects a face, not even your face, not even a facsimile of your face, but a face, it'll unlock. No, I... I'm, if your watch I, is present. If your watch is like if if I picked up your phone and tried to face unlock it and right. I was standing right next to you, it would probably unlock for me. Now I haven't tested that. That's what the article insinuates. I don't know yeah. if it's true or not. Um, yeah. That but, was uh, as of iOS fourteen point five. Right. So there has been work done for folks that are fully bought into the Apple ecosystem uh, to be able to unlock their device. I always thought this was like they weren't willing to make the change because the pandemic was temporary and they weren't going to, (laughs) but I think it's more or less, it's harder to truly identify you as you if they can't see your mouth. It's not as, it's not as accurate. And the article actually goes into this. Like when, when you switch this on now to use a fast, to use face ID with a mask, it it literally tells you this is not as secure. Right. As face ID without a mask. Right. Are you sure you want to do this? And I always wondered, right? So I'm, as you, as you, anyone who's watching the live stream can tell, I'm in the midst of growing a beard, right? It has not impacted the face ID on my phone at all. It's just like, yeah. oh, that's still Nate. Yep. And you could take your glasses off, put your glasses right. on. You can change your that hair. You can do all it. kinds of stuff. What, Why is the mask such a big deal? Does it change the shape what, of your face enough? Like, I don't know. What I find interesting, and, and you can try this, um, if you put on sunglasses, dark sunglasses, so you can't see your eyes, your your yes. your uh, your phone will unlock no problem. If you put on glasses or take your glasses off and close your eyes, your phone will not unlock. Oh, that's interesting. I've noticed that for so, some reason mine, <laughs> if I'm laying down, if I'm laying in bed, you know, checking the news or whatever, it won't unlock. I don't so know why. if you knock the guy out, <laughs> just put sunglasses on him and face ideal work. <laughs> there you go. There you go. If you knock out the person you're trying to impersonate yep. and put sunglasses on them. Yeah, mine, I, I don't like I said, with my Android phones, as long as I got a clear view of my face, right, like I had to mess with the angle, it would identify me in almost any situation. With my with my iPhone, it it seems a little more finicky. And I don't know if that's because they have leaned more toward the security side. That's possible. They want a more positive identification, or if it's just a different in the way the identification is working. I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to say like, oh, Android Face Unlock is better than, than iOS. Um, I'm just saying that I have found more situations where my iOS device cannot identify my face and unlock, even though they've been doing it the right way for longer than Android has, um, than the Android devices that I used in the past. I don't know. Yeah, the only the only problems I've had with face face ID are when I'm not paying attention to it and it's trying to identify me. Yeah. Because again, if I'm not looking at the screen, it won't unlock. You know unless what? I'm wearing unless I'm wearing sunglasses. To be honest, that was the most annoying feature of my Pixel device was that if it got a glimpse of my face, it would unlock. So if I'd like pick up my phone and go like past my face, just like. If the if if the front of the phone could see my face for a millisecond as I was like putting it in my pocket or whatever, it would unlock. Mm-hmm. Whereas the iOS device, 
whether it's intentional or not, doesn't seem to have that problem. The only the only other problem I have with Face ID is is and again it's it's when wearing a mask. If I go into an application that's also using Face ID, yeah. So if I need to check my bank account or something, uh, my bank happens to use it happens to have Face ID. Yeah. Um, if I'm wearing my mask again, even though I have the watch on, Face ID in an application won't use the watch, so it won't unlock. That only seems to work on the locks on the like when the when the phone itself is locked. Yeah, I don't know if that's something that they have to write into the application to make that work or not. I, I have no idea, but I don't know. Maybe it's a security level thing. Yeah, it happens once in a while. It's yeah. not you know I don't I don't. It's not something I deal with every day, so it's not a big deal. But yeah. So anyway, sounds like iOS maybe it's in the beta. It's in the fifteen point four beta. Uh, that you can make it identify you even while wearing a mask, but it lowers the security threshold or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, maybe a good thing, right. maybe not. Worth Is talking about. Beta out yet? Uh, this implied that it was. Maybe it's not out for end users, but it's out for testers. Oh, it is out. Okay, it's finally out. There you out. go. Maybe you can try it out. Let us know. <laughs> of course, you have an Apple Watch. It's going to ruin the whole experience. I'll have to take my watch off. Take off your watch. Put it in the other room. <laughs> I, I mean, I knew a new beta was coming out soon. I just didn't know it was out yet. Uh, what else we got? Uh, the next article is from Inc. Is it incorporated? I don't know. Inc.com. Inc.com. Uh, and it's, it's, it's suspiciously titled, Google just gave you the best reason yet to finally quit using Chrome. Now, I don't use Chrome. Let's move on. I'm going to be honest. It's I didn't read the whole article. I wanted to, but I didn't. It's all about uh, cookies and third-party cookies and Flock, F-L-O-C, yeah, so. which, was, which was like this new thing that Google was going to do. So what it comes down to is Google has a vested interest in keeping third-party cookies turned on because they want the ad revenue from being able to identify people based on their third party cookies. So instead of, so, but, but a lot of other browsers no, no. are like, we're going to stop not, using a third. What? Not quite. Not quite. Okay. No, not quite. They, so the, the vested interest is, they, they have a vested interest in tracking people. Yeah. That's what I mean. It doesn't, doesn't have to be through third party cookies. Right. Right. Um, and, and in fact, they had come out and said, we're going to get rid of third party cookies until, and, and and I guess what came back was um, I don't know whether it was them or somebody else who was like, you have all sorts of technologies that you can use because you have your own browser to continue yeah. to track people. And if you get rid of third party cookies, yep. that kills all of your competition. Yep. That's illegal. Right. And that that was a major problem <laughs> this, for them. This is such a weird problem. It, right? it, it's, it's like yeah, we want to increase problem. privacy for the user. But we can't because we have a thing that <laughs> gives us an unfair right. advantage. <laughs> so, so they had come out with something called Flock, which was yeah. – uh, uh, yeah, where the hell is – where was this thing? Yeah, I, I can't remember do, what it stands do, do, for do, either. Do, 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 do. Federated Learning of Cohorts. Yeah, which basically Federated grouped – Federated Learning of Cohorts. Which basically instead of reading third-party cookies directly, it grouped you into things. It grouped you. It grouped you with a bunch of other people who were interested in the thing that you were interested. Which is in. kind of the same thing through through magic. Through magic, yeah. So, right. so 
So I have just learned today what flock is, although I've I've seen the term like yeah. a week or two ago when there was a big announcement that Google was getting rid of flock and they were going to use topics now. And I went, yeah, Alice flock. <laughs> so now Google is getting rid of flock and they're going to move to something called topics. So instead of grouping yeah. you with other people, they're just going to put you in a group about a specific topic with other people, <laughs> which is the same freaking thing. <laughs> But yeah. they're going to give you the ability to take yourself out of the topic. I, this is such nonsense and such BS. It really is. It, it feels like Google has just put themselves in a bad position because they own a browser. Yeah, basically. Like it's what it, they need to spin off Chrome into some third party, and then they won't have this problem anymore. Maybe they can't do that because this article. The article's so funny though because it's like no one likes no one likes flock because it's not more private and because tracking happens anyway in your browser and and you know it's it's not private and you can figure things out because you're grouped with other people and now they're going to use topics instead and that's so much better like but yeah that's the same damn thing yeah but i mean the, whole point, name. The, the, the point of the article is that they think it's bad otherwise they wouldn't say it's the another reason to leave chrome i guess i don't yeah. know um so, folks, use a browser that lets you turn off third-party cookies and be done with it. Switch to Brave, switch to Firefox, switch to Safari, anything. It's funny that the article doesn't mention Firefox as one of those, and I'm pretty sure you can do – I mean – I think you can turn off third-party cookies. And I'm Firefox, almost Firefox I, is probably one of the most privacy-aware browsers out there. Yeah, it's – like, Not out of the blocks. box. Brave is out of the box. Brave, Brave's whole point is to protect privacy. Right. Uh, but Firefox gives you all the tools to turn that stuff off because Mozilla is all about user privacy. It's, yeah. it's one of the reasons they're still my primary browser. I use Brave for stuff that needs Chrome now, but otherwise that, it's that Firefox. And that that and I don't need 64 gigs of RAM to run it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, certain things just work better in Chrome, even for work, which is weird. But uh, So I, I just keep both browsers. I use Brave and I use, I use uh, Firefox. So anyway, yeah, topics. It's the yeah, new flock. The Chrome. Topics of the new flock. All right. So this last one's from you, right? From this Moxie thing. Yeah. So this this takes some explaining. Go. So okay. Um, and and but I'm out of beer. Uh, and I don't have any more beer. Unfortunately, your your email address is the one associated with the uh, the podcast. So enjoy the enjoy the flames. Um, so I'll start this off um, very non-confrontationally. Um, need- NFT, NF, NFTs suck, um, and they're garbage and it's a waste of time. That's that's um, that's not confrontational. Where's this going? <laughs> so so um, Moxie Marlin Spike, who was the brains behind uh, Signal and who is you know pretty big in the crypto world. Okay. Crypto, crypto meaning cryptography, by the way, not this bullshit what? Bitcoin and no, NFT crypto, stuff. No, crypto means fake money. Yeah, um, it's funny because the very first part of of his his little uh, blog entry here is like explaining that crypto <laughs> crypto means cryptography and and that's why he doesn't really follow this this new crypto thing, which is NFTs and and coins. Yeah, I was I was um, in a I was in a meeting this week where someone talked about crypto, and they they had to they said you know crypto as in cryptography, not in money, and I'm like, like what what. What does it say about the state of the world when I I assumed they meant cryptocurrency? <laughs> when I know, I right? know better. <laughs> yeah. Especially given given the context of where you are and what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. 
anyway. Yeah, but you can't eat, you can't walk away from that because like there's YouTube apparently is talking about um, there's there's rumor that YouTube is going to start dealing with NFTs. Twitter <sighs> just rolled out NFT support. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I did. So you can now use NFTs so, for your freaking profile picture. Yeah, which is which is whatever. Anyway, so, I've got feelings about NFT. Go ahead and talk. Yeah. What you think. So so basically, um, what this article, what, what this article that he wrote lays out is um, kind of a this whole thing called Web three, which they're they're the whole crypto NFT movement has labeled Web three. Yeah. The idea the idea being that Web one was this whole decentralized. Everybody runs their own server, runs their own web servers, can put their own content out, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Web 2.0 is where everything consolidated to the middle, and you 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 had providers now that provide things. Yeah, you, you know we've gotten to the point where we've got your AWS and your Azure and your you know your various different services that that supply these things because as it turns out, most people don't want to run their own servers. Yeah, it's weird. Let let somebody else be the sysadmin, damn it, because this shit's hard. It is. It so, is. It is hard. We just so, talked about that for an hour and a half. Right. So the Web3 movement <laughs> seems to be a lot of people who are jumping up and down and going, we're taking that Web 2.0 stuff and we're bringing it back the way it should be. It should be decentralized and we're going to decentralize the web. And the here. rest of the rest of Moxie's article here basically lays out all of the stuff that he did to figure out what NFTs are, how they work, etc., And, you know, kind of dig into this whole decentralization. And uh, it turns out yeah, that's not true at all. Web three is is as centralized as Web two. The only piece of it that is quote unquote decentralized is the blockchain itself, which yeah. is which is kind of a yes, yes. NFTs use blockchain. Yeah. And the only reason his conclusion, the only reason that they use blockchain is because there happens to be some impetus behind it some there's money involved there yeah people are kind of excited about the blockchain yeah but if you look at it exactly what's happening can be done without it centralized in a significantly secure way than what's being done with blockchain so one of the experiments that he did which i thought was hilarious if you're not familiar with nfts they're they're non-fungible tokens yep um basically um it's it's a it's, you're creating your own cryptocurrency one piece at a time. So you have a your NFT, and, and yes, before people jump all over, I'm aware that NFTs can be more than just art. The fact is that the absolute mass majority of NFTs right now are, are stupid little pictures of apes and other nonsense. Yeah. By the way, the NFT itself that you create has zero art in it. There is no art in that NFT because if you were to store the actual piece of artwork that is that you're calling your NFT on the blockchain, it would be prohibitively expensive. Okay. So what they've decided instead is that what goes into the blockchain is a record that says Nate owns this yeah. piece of art that is at this link. That's how I pictured that it must have worked. It's it's yeah, similar so, so, it's similar to and I don't want to derail you because I have yeah. again I have feelings about this but it's it's similar to um the deed to my house is on record at the courthouse. They don't have a representation of my house at the courthouse. 
they have the deed there, that says it is yes, owned by so and so. You are correct. However, right. there is a massive, massive difference. Okay. You're in your house, right? Yep. I can physically see and touch my house. You can physically see and touch your house. I can physically house. protect do... my house if needed. Yes. Right. Yeah, I see okay. where you're going with this. Your NFT exists on a web server. Right. Somewhere. Which is not yours. Which is which is almost guaranteed to not be yours. In fact, in fact the vast majority are somebody yeah. else's. They're they're yeah. like, you know, OpenSea. You know, actually, I'm sorry, not even OpenSea. OpenSea just holds the record um, or, or gives you the ability to see the record. So as an example, what Moxie did was he created an NFT, um, registered it or whatever nonsense you have to do to make it a real NFT, put it on the blockchain that pointed at his server. Where he where he had the actual JPEG or GIF whatever, or whatever it was yeah, that was the he NFT quote unquote owned yeah and then through the magic of technology that has existed since the nineties he went into his web server and said okay if the person who's viewing this NFT is coming from this website what one of them is OpenSea and I forget what the other one's called if they're coming from this website show this image. If yeah. they're coming from the other website, show this image. And if they're coming from neither, show a poop emoji. <laughs> nice. And it, it was the whole thing was a I mean, it was just an example. He was just like, yeah. yeah, I just want to show that you can do this. So he's point your your pointer points at something that you most likely don't have control over uh-huh. that can be changed underneath you, whether you know it or not. And by the way, that thing that you went to OpenSea to buy may not actually be there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's the same argument for, you know, I bought a CD on Amazon. Not a CD. I bought a song Correct. on, you know, Song Service X. And if Song Service X vanishes <clears throat> tomorrow, I don't actually have that song anymore. I don't have access to it anymore. Except now it's a little different because now, like, there was no expectation that you owned that song. Right. There was no right. ownership to that. Now there is. Now there is that you own this because it's in the blockchain. But if that thing, well, if the data goes away. Right. Then there's the question of what does ownership mean? Because right. I just took a screenshot of that and now I have a copy of it too. So right. what does that mean? And can it's you more do like, anything? It's more like rights, but, right? I mean, so if, but, if you take this back to the very basics of ownership, right? Um, going back to the example of... The, the record for my deed is on record at the courthouse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm trying to think where I'm going, if I abandon my house, if I leave it, if I go live somewhere else, right? Uh, someone could come and effectively take this house, right? They could come live here um, if they could get into the place and whatever they wanted to maintain it and stuff like that. Uh, even though the record still says I own it, right? But that doesn't mean they own it. It's legally, I still own it. Now, yes, this gets complicated with things like squatters' rights and all that stuff, right? But, um, like, at its bare minimum, right, if if I own a thing legally, if I own this phone legally, but somebody pickpockets me and takes my phone, yes, technically I still own it. It's mine, legally. And if I catch you, I have legal rights to take it back from you. Uh, And I can tell the cops, you stole my phone. But if I never catch you and never see you again, you've got my phone. Doesn't matter if I own it, right? It's really the same problem. 
Yeah, there's somewhat, but it but it but it gets worse. Okay. So remember that Go whole crypto conversation, crypto cryptography versus yeah. crypto NFT yeah. coins. So you know it's the blockchain and it's cryptographically signed, and you know there's all this cryptography involved in it, and you know all these big machines to do the calculations to to generate all the hashes and everything else. Turns out. Um, the blockchain itself that creates the hash to cryptographically sign the, the the chain itself is about the only cryptography involved in this entire thing. Okay. So, so and and the the information that is stored in the blockchain is a link, and that's it. Yeah. There's no and and probably some ownership information, but there's no there's no hash or anything that any sort of metadata that identifies what should be at the end of that link. So you can change it. Right. He said that, you know, and, and again, Moxie is a crypto guy, but um, the lack of cryptography in general used, the lack of security, SSL, et cetera, in, in general used across every aspect of this is, I mean, is just enormous. Um, and it gets it gets worse because the the way that the system is built, you can kind of manipulate it. So the chain that they it's Ethereum based chain that they use, which has contracts in it. So one of the things that you can do with contracts um, is write code to to do different things with it. Um, and uh, as I can find the link to it, but um, as as uh, something that came out today, I think it was today. Um, there's a somebody wrote a contract into an NFT that if you interact with the NFT in any way, it steals everything in your wallet. It just transferred it all to somebody else. <laughs> That's nice. And you think, well, okay, well, we'll just mark those as bad, and you know, we'll, we'll put something in there that looks for that and make sure that people doesn't t- don't touch it. Except that you don't have to. They're sending this to people and just putting it in other folks' wallet. You can sit, you can, you can, I don't know how exactly it works, but you can put an NFT in somebody's wallet and there's no interaction needed with them. Yeah. So this is stuff that's happening right now. You know, like they're stealing all this, they're stealing all sorts of stuff. Um, There's privacy concerns because NFTs are revealing information about people, IP addresses and locations and everything else. Um, one of the things that he goes into is, is he says, you know, one of the, one of the thing that, one of the things that was super exciting for creators was the ability to get royalties on their, um, on their creation. Yeah. Um, you know, but one of his arguments about, you know, uh, distributed versus, you know, centralized is that in a distributed system, you have, you have to have groups that, um, basically go over and decide this is what the protocol is that we're going to use and all agree that to use that protocol and then get everybody to start using it. Well, turns out the protocol that's out there that's being used for NFTs doesn't include royalties. <laughs> that's funny. Good luck changing that. Yeah, right. So right. platforms like OpenSea, which can iterate left, right, and sideways, built it into their platform. So if you'd like royalties, use OpenSea. They have it built into their platform. But that's centralized. That's not distributed. So, you know, right. and again, we go down right. the path of, of you know, all that other stuff. So there's there's apparently major, you know, we're just seeing the, the beginning of this. But, um, you know, there's there's major problems with the security around NFTs in general. 
um, surprise. You know, it's not it's not decentralized at all. Um, so that whole thing is just bunk. Um, and and yeah, what's funny no, is I've, that he, I've I've seen that too in my own mm-hmm. investigations into what the hell the metaverse is. There's all kinds of things like there's a service called Decentraland, which is like it's in the name decentralized. It's not decentralized. It's a service run by a company in which you can be, but the decentralization is blockchain. Right. Right. So anyway, I I think I interrupted your thought there. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) There's, there's, there's just, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of really, really sketchy, sketchy, sketchy nonsense going on. Yeah. So Um, I was having a conversation. In fact, it was with Mark um, because we've been having conversations on this show about metaverses and ownership and what that could be and what maybe it should be. Uh, and that's, that's slowly, I, I've been trying to start, I don't want to call it a movement, but a group of people at Red Hat that are interested in the same thing, right? And that's very much in its infancy. I don't know if it'll ever be anything more than just a couple of geeks talking about uh, metaverse. But... Um, these are, uh, I was having a conversation with Mark just earlier today to get back to the point that NFTs are dumb. That's his opinion, right? NFTs are stupid. Uh, and t- to me, though, if you parallel NFTs and cryptocurrency to real world ownership of things and currency, it's the same stuff. It's like a direct parallel, right? So, uh, you can, You're gonna piss off all the crypto people by saying that, but yes, I I think it's a direct <laughs> parallel, I and mean, maybe it's because I don't know something. It's very possible. Yeah. It's something I, there's something I don't know. It's a very similar it, like, uh, and, and I know this is not a one for one thing, but a, a, a Bitcoin, a coin on the blockchain, right, is you could say equivalent to money in your wallet, right? It's not physically money in your wallet, but it is currency, right? So people who want currency do things shady to try to remove the currency from your possession and get it into theirs. Yep. And that's the same thing is happening. I, I, I compared it to the people who were selling toast that looked like Jesus Christ on eBay back in the day. Right. Remember, remember when all those things came up like, yes. Oh, I spilled tar in my driveway and it has a similarity to Michelangelo. <laughs> right. So they sell it on eBay for millions of dollars. Right. Yeah. It's the same bullshit. It's the same thing, in my opinion, anyway. It's the same thing with NFTs. I made a gorilla. <laughs> I made a funny meme. Whatever. I've made it an NFT. I can now sell it, right? And your the the description that you have right now of how these work, right? It sounds like there are a lot of gaps in how that ownership chain works and how you know you can actually tie and like what does ownership actually mean there, right? And in my opinion, and again, I don't know if you listened to the show where Mark and I were talking about the metaverse, but I really think that what we need going forward for a quote-unquote metaverse and NFTs and ownership and whatever is true decentralization like the original web was the web was designed. You can run your own server. That server can run your own world. Your own world has ownership and things and whatnot within it. You actually can go like touch the server that it's that it's on, or it's on a cloud provider or something, right? But you have administrative rights to that thing, right? And I think that makes it, one, truly decentralized, and two, it addresses some of the stuff that you just brought up, 
right? The NFT that lives on a server somewhere is actually a server that I control, a server that I have ownership over the data that's on it, right? But you're right. That brings up the same problems that are called out in this article. Servers are hard to run. They're hard to run securely. They're hard for just anybody to go out and, and operate, right? So yep. yes, it leads to the same, okay, you've got all the freedom in the world. It's, it's, it's like being able to drive a car, right? I can drive a car and go anywhere I want, but if I'm really bad at driving a car, I might die doing it. <laughs> right. Right. And, 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 and to be clear, like there've been companies that are like, we're, we would like to be completely open. We'll let you, you know, you can hook your server up to us and, and we're going to give you all the freedom and everything else. And they start that way. And then they look and they go, we've have, you know, 5 million customers and two of them are using this. Right. And we're spending, you know, how many thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars every year maintaining the code that supports this for two people. Okay. So we're shutting down that service. Everything's centralized now. Like just live with it. Right. And you've got two people at the edge right. going, no, but they're not going to be listened to because, because there are, it's two people, 4,900,000, right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And, and I think that's, you know, that's where we've gotten today because yes, you and I could sit here and run our own servers. I've been running my own server for years and years and years. Right. I don't have any plans to stop. I enjoy it. If it died tomorrow, I'd build a new one. Fine. Right. Um, but you know, my, my wife wouldn't do that. My, you know, most of my kids wouldn't do that. My my parents wouldn't do that. Most of my neighbors won't do that. It's the same problem with decentralized social media. Right. Like at its core, it's a really good idea. It means you get ownership of your data. It means that, that you can block and ban people. You can live by your own rules and whatever. It's responsibility though. And it's, it's to do it right takes a little bit of skill and I don't know what percentage, let's say 90% of people don't have that skill right? and never will and have no interest in it. Yeah. And of the 10% left that do have that skill, 90% of them have no interest whatsoever in doing this. Right. So now you're left with like a handful of people who, yeah. you know, want all the power and, yep. and, and yep. like by all means, I'd love to give it to them, but. Yeah. You've got you know. people like me that are still holding on to their diaspora pod, you know, even though nobody that I care about is there, <laughs> but someday they might be. So I keep running it. <laughs> right. And that's one of those things like Facebook could, could integrate the ability to work with diaspora. No problem. They don't but care. Again, they don't want to. You're one of, you know, they've got what, like several billion people on the platform. Now you're like, you know, less than 1% of 1%. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't, it's not worth the money. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it's, if, using that example, if the folks that write Diaspora instead looked at it the other direction and integrated with Facebook, if Facebook made APIs available to let you do that, right, that'd be a different story, right? They would, you'd have passionate people that want to run a project that integrate with the big companies that enable people like me to run their own pod and integrate with people that don't care, right? It's not going to happen today anyway. It's not going to happen with Facebook because Facebook doesn't expose those APIs. Facebook doesn't make that possible because they don't care, right? And it might even cost the money. I I don't know, right? Um, 
But if we but, lived in a world where people could get that to happen, like that may actually be uh, a possibility. Not, not, not to defend Facebook, um, but it may not even be that they don't care. It's just it's not cost. There's no right, but so no advantage to imagine, doing it. It's not going to make them any money. Imagine if we lived in a world where the web protocol was built with social media in mind, and all the protocols that made communication amongst the web servers and whatnot. Uh, possible included some way to federate social media and this is just like a far-fetched example right and when facebook was implemented it implemented those protocols because that was the way people were doing it yep right now diaspora mastodon whoever else would be able to say okay i just implement the same federation protocols and bam works right now imagine if is... web 3 were designed that way with metaverses and nfts and blockchains in mind and all the protocols that are being used on Web3 already out of the box included all those things, right? We're at go that read, point now. Yeah, no, <laughs> hang on, because you go read the article that, that's posted because this is exactly what Moxie talks about. Okay. Yes, they're using public protocols that have been ratified and, you know, everybody can, can you know, hook into. But true... Like today's development cycles, you know, we spent all of this time with Agile and everything else trying to crunch it down so that we can iterate as fast as humanly possible and create new things rapidly. Yeah. You can't do that with a public protocol. You can't. Period. End of story. Because like, you can't you change can't. the protocol rapidly. You can't. Right. Exactly. You, you. So you have to think of everything on day one is what you're saying. Yes. And if it wasn't or, thought of on day one, to get it changed is a pain in the butt. Right. For, for something like TCPIP has survived because it's extremely low level. Yeah. When you're getting into things like blockchain, they're much higher level and you're, you're trying to build application level stuff into it where, you know, things like royalties and everything else. Like, and if you don't think about it or, you know... Nobody has thought about it until that's already distributed and out there. Like, eh, good luck changing that. I mean, look at look at what happens with Bitcoin. I think my camera just died for some reason. Yeah, it did. No, can my you... camera's working. I can see myself. No, it's can you the... can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay, it's acting like there's bandwidth problems, and we should probably wrap up anyway. If you want to finish your yeah. thought. <laughs> so so uh, I forget how I was saying. Um, your camera doesn't so, work. So, that's the problem. Yeah, my camera doesn't work. So so basically, like, you, you know, at, at using a low-level protocol, you can get away with, with sort of building on that. But when you start building more application-aware stuff into it, you know, you hit a point where you have to put the protocol out. And, you know, look at, look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin, you know, spent – it took them a very long time to make simple change – simple change. I mean, there's some of them are controversial, but simple changes to the protocol – to move Bitcoin forward and it takes them, you know, a year or more to get that pushed out. And there's relatively few users that actually matter when it comes to pushing that protocol out. Yeah. Expand that to a much larger set of people and you, you hit a point that you just can't. Yeah. I guess the question I have is, does that mean we shouldn't try? You know what I no. mean? Like, does that, no, but does that mean I, I this mean, is all doomed to failure at the start? Or, no, I, I just think, yeah. you know, I, personally, I think the whole idea behind the, the way the NFTs work and, and the 
money that's being thrown around at it right now is just just, just stupid. I, I yeah, think it's, it, it kind of is. If if it's you buy an NFT fact. and you lose it's, it and you lose your money, like yeah, I, I'm sorry, you deserve to. Current currently, um, it's a it's a new fad, and right. we're gonna see it. Hey, I'm back. I mean, just like we were talking about earlier, right? It's 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 the new thing that technology has not caught up to yet. And right. as we I, will, it'll stabilize and then <clears throat> maybe it'll survive and it'll be a usable thing. Maybe it won't. The bigger problem with current blockchain technology is the absolutely immense, ridiculous amount of power required to to keep the blockchain up and running and calculate the hashes. Yeah. And it's it it is I mean, to the point where there are brownouts in areas. Yep. Uh, governments are shutting down, um, you know, areas of electricity specifically to stop these things from running. Yeah. You know, that that's a major problem. Um, like there's a, a a lake somewhere where they, they set up a, a crypto pool um, and they actually raise the temperature. A massive lake. They raise the temperature of the lake because of this thing running. Like, wow. What what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah, that that seems like a bad thing. You want to talk about a, climate change? There's climate yeah. change. <laughs> so, anyway, I wonder. I wonder if the inventor of Bitcoin is looking back, like, why did I do that? <clears throat> or is he like, yeah, this is awesome. This is the chaos I was hoping for. Oh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? So, all right, I'll get off my soapbox now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy stuff, um, and it it ties in very well to the metaverse conversation we had a couple episodes ago. Um, I, I, I don't know where else to go from there without, without drawing the show out for another hour, which we don't want to do because we're at like three hours now. It's time to stop. It's time to end. I'm going to have to up our subscription on Riverside to uh, accommodate whatever our next show is about because we're going to run out of time. All right, so anyway, uh, this has been a great episode, I think, on both sides, <laughs> both the A part and the B part. Uh, if you've listened to just the B part, you should go back and listen to A because uh, we had a great conversation with Eric about basically the, the last decade or, or two decades of sysadminning and how things have changed over time, uh, and it was a lot of fun to go back and talk about. So, uh, but with that, I think we're going to call it a night. Uh, let me find my notes here that have the, it's a night, the closing stuff. in. It's a night. It's totally a night. Uh, right. So if you want to watch us live, you should, you can do so on the Twitches or the YouTubes or even the Facebooks. Uh, just look us up. Iron says in podcast on the second and fourth Thursday of every month, give or take. Um, of course you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook, find out when we're going to go live, stuff like that. Uh, you can find us wherever you would normally find podcasts. But if you're listening to us, you've, you probably already know that. Um, yeah, I'm tired, and I feel like I'm having trouble even reciting all this stuff. Folks, I think it's been a good one. Uh, oh, if you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash ironsysamin. You can find links to all the stuff on ironsysamin.com. And uh, you got any last words, Jason? Yeah, send all angry all angry emails uh, for about NFTs and crypto in general. Go to Nate. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. People people know your Twitter handle by now. They can go attack you there. Hey, go for it. That stuff doesn't bother me at all. So have fun. Go attack. <laughs> go attack the Xenophage on Twitter. Yeah, go for it. All right, let me get back to my OBS page here so we can actually close the show up. Uh, where is it? Here it is. All right, folks, have a good one. We'll catch you on the next show. Good night. <laughs>